This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today, the Washington Post claims Trump had classified nuclear documents at Mar-a-Lago. The CDC purges COVID restrictions after over two years. And a children's hospital advertises gender-affirming medical procedures. We're getting into it, and it starts right now. Hey there, welcome to the news and why it matters. We've made it to Friday. Thanks for hanging with us. I am the other Hillary with one L, Hillary Kennedy. I'm filling in for Sarah Gonzalez this week. And we've got a great show for you today. I have two awesome people at the table. I'll start with Mr. Alex Stein back again this week. Good to see you. Hillary, I just want to say you did a great job filling in for Sarah. You know, I'm kind of sad that this is one of our last days. I hope to see you back very soon, but you've done a great job. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not a, I'm not a big booty Latina, but I I know, I but tried. we were just talking about I how tried. beautiful you being a very beautiful <laughs> redhead. That's even better than a big booty well, Latina. Well, thank you, Alex. Yes, and great. I just want to point out you are a contributor here, which we love, and also the host of Conspiracy Castle. So mm -hmm. thanks for taking time to be with us today. And then Taylor Hansen. First time I got to meet you, excited yes. you're here, and you're an independent journalist and reporter, so I am. you get to work all the fun stories. Yeah, we're having lots of fun in today's society, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Taylor and I, we broke one of the weirder stories of the year, well, not weird, is the Drag Your Kids to Pride event, and Taylor actually got in. I was barred from going in, uh, but that event, you know, that was one of the biggest stories, and it, it, it set off a chain of reaction of legislation in not just Texas, but in Florida, banning children from going to drag queen events. That is incredible. Good work. He yeah, did. a little bit traumatizing, to say the least. I a little bit imagine. of a different story, but I'm glad it got out. I mean, it definitely sent waves. I've never seen a story like that really have an effect or even let alone a story actually lead to legislation, especially locally. But right. it was amazing. It, I mean, Stein, primetime did his job, to say the least. Yeah, I was kind of a mayhem disruptor, but uh, Taylor got inside. And actually, I think, you know, I always steal this from him, but that there was kids in there that wanted to play on their, like, handheld video games, and the parents were stopping them. I think that's some of the best. That, that blows my mind, like where the parents like, watch the drag queen. Right, trying to force them to see it. Well, you guys make for a very dynamic duo, so I know this is going to be a fun <laughs> conversation today. We're going to start off with the FBI saying they searched Trump's home to look for nuclear documents and other... Well, this is according to sources. The FBI didn't say it, but these classified documents relating to nuclear weapons were among the items FBI agents sought in search of former President Donald Trump's Florida residence on Monday, and that's according to people familiar with the investigation. Now, they didn't offer any additional details about what type of information the agents were seeking, whether it involved weapons belonging to the United States or some other nation. Um, they didn't say if the documents were recovered as part of the search, and then a Trump spokesman didn't respond to a request for comment. The Justice Department, the FBI, they also declined to comment. And material about nuclear weapons, it's especially sensitive, and it's usually restricted to just a small number of government officials. So publicizing details about it could provide an intelligence roadmap to adversaries seeking to build ways to counter our system. So that's why this is such a big deal. But former President Trump, he completely dismissed this as a hoax. 
he said there's absolutely no way. The, the weapons issue is a hoax, just like Russia, Russia, Russia was a hoax. Two impeachments were a hoax. The Mueller investigation was a hoax and much more, he said on Truth Social this morning. He said some same sleazy people involved. Why wouldn't the FBI allow the inspection of areas at Mar-a-Lago with our lawyers or others present? Made them wait outside in the heat. Wouldn't let them even get close. They said absolutely not. And he said planting information, anyone, reminds me of the Steele dossier. So I'll start off first. You know, what are your thoughts? Do you think do you think this is going to help Trump in 2024? Well, no. I mean, maybe actually it might help him. But my point being is, this is the same playbook that they use with the weapons of mass destruction. They started a war in the Middle East that they never found. It's like they always get to say, "Oh, Trump has access to a nuclear bomb." They try to scare you, like Trump's actually going to go give our secrets, our nuclear secrets, to some other country. So yeah, I, to answer your question, yeah, I think this will rally the troops. But at the same time, Roe versus Wade getting overturned has rallied, you know, the left to you know be radicalized and to go and vote. So I don't know if. It's it's necessarily like, you know, who's winning in the let's get everybody pissed off award. But I do think that this shows you that our Department of Justice and our federal government cannot be trusted and that they are being weaponized against the American people. So I think it's a good thing, even though sadly Trump, once again, getting kicked off Twitter, you know, getting kicked off, uh, you know, being tried to be impeached twice. It kind of stinks that he's always the victim of the, you know, liberal orders. Uh, he's public enemy number one. Well, and Taylor, what do you think? Because Trump actually came out and he authorized the release of the FBI warrant mm -hmm. to use to search Mar-a-Lago. And he, he said, great, release it. Not only will I um, not oppose the release of the documents related to the un-American, unwarranted and unnecessary raid and breaking of my home, I'm going a step further by encouraging the immediate release of these documents. What are your thoughts? It's another hoax. I mean, just think of it this way. If, you know, Trump public enemy number one actually had nuclear codes like they're trying <laughs> to say, I mean, you think they would have probably raided him a little bit earlier. Not They wouldn't have waited two years, you know. And then with the committee being brewed up, I mean, that's really what I think this is all about is just the January 6th committee. You know, we saw what they did to uh, Marjorie. They tried to make mm -hmm. it so she could never run again. It's the exact same thing with Trump. They don't want him anywhere near the Oval Office. They don't want him anywhere near politics. And, you know, this is their way of you know, screaming Russia, 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 but now it's, you know, oh, Trump was going to blow up the world. Trump was probably selling our secrets out. You know, he's a traitor. It's just another next big hoax. And, uh, you know, I, I do think Trump will be vindicated in this, especially. But I, I really do believe that this is going to rally the troops. You know, I don't think it's super important that it rallies the troops, because like Stein touched on is, you know, Roe v. Wade being overturned. You know, that really gave us more momentum than I think we've had in years, you know, since 2016, I would argue. Um, but, you know, this definitely adds flames to the fire. Um, one point I do want to make, though, there's about 10 other people, including Hunter Biden and Hillary Clinton, that should have been you know, searched by the FBI <laughs> before Donald Trump. Well, we, all, we all know that you can trust the FBI. You can well, trust the course, DOJ. So, yeah. These people really have our best interests at heart. I mean, you look at Waco, you look at Ruby Ridge, um, which they say are you know, extremism talking points, if you want to mention these things. But they've really showed time and time again how much they love and respect the American people. Absolutely. Well, and speaking of the American people, so there is a poll where they show about half of registered voters support the Department of Justice unleashing these FBI agents to storm former President Trump's residence. I thought this was interesting. The breakdown divided voters into several demographics, but overall the poll revealed 84% of Democrats, 47% of independents, and 15% of Republicans supported the FBI breaking into his residence. Do you find that interesting? Yeah, I mean, not really. Not surprising at all. I mean, when you go and like ask people, like sometimes I do man on the street bits, and you're like, you know, who's the vice president? A lot of people don't even know it's Kamala Harris. Like people just don't even know. So, and in any way, any internet poll, I don't even trust. But 
my point being is like if you think they took out Trump on Twitter, I said this earlier, it's like they're just going after him to get to us, you know, and he's just the, you know, I guess the person that's, you know, standing in between the FBI being weaponized against the people. And you look at January 6th, they're definitely weaponized against them. So if anybody's cheerleading for the FBI to go and search your house, those are the same people that are happy that we have 87,000 new IRS agents that had to be trained to use deadly force. So wake up, people. Well, and it's the exact same thing. I mean, over and over and over again. It, it's really crazy to me because it's, you know, the party that used to be anti-establishment, anti-FBI, you know, anti-tyranny, you know, pro-choice when it comes to vaccine mandates. I mean, they've completely flipped. Now they're just, you know, programmed as NPCs. They have only one talking point and they have, but they have to wait for the media to come out with it, of course. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, Stein said, is they're cheering on the fact that we have 87,000 armed IRS agents. <laughs> I don't know why you would need to arm IRS agents unless you plan on killing American citizens. You know, and the FBI, like I said earlier, well, I just love and I trust them so much to get their job done and just to do it in a nice, thorough and respectful way that, you know, the, the real crime here is the fact, you know, I saw that the FBI uh, last night, they posted, you know, a response to all of this, that, you know, the FBI has been facing, you know, threats and terroristic threats from right wingers. And, you know, that we need to trust them and we need to respect the institution. It's like the real crime that's uh, taken place the past, I'd argue, 50 years in America is the fact that you have so many Americans that don't trust these institutions. You wonder why. I mean, why are people asking questions? Why are people not trusting these institutions like we used to? Because there used to be a lot of trust between the FBI and the American people. Right. But once you start assassinating big political figures and blackmailing them, I mean, it kind of changes a little bit. Breaking into their homes. Well, and you guys brought up a great point that if he really did have highly, highly sensitive information, why, and they know that, why would they have waited Especially this long? nuclear codes. That's that's a little more than just sensitive information. Correct. Well, it's, it's interesting. They talked to a guy named David Loftman, the former chief of the Justice Department's counterintelligence section, which investigates leaks of classified information. And he said, if that's true, it would suggest that the material residing unlawfully at Mar-a-Lago may have been classified at the highest classification level if the FBI and the Department of Justice believed there were top secret materials still at Mar-a-Lago. That would lend itself to a greater hair on fire motivation to recover that material as quickly as possible. I wouldn't call two years as quickly as possible. No, this is just impeachment number three. They couldn't get him the first time. They couldn't get him the second time. So now they have this technicality. If he has any sort of government documents, they would bar him from running again. That just shows you how fearful they are. And I think it's very peculiar that it happens right after a CPAC, which, you know, it showed that Trump had a huge support. He had a, you know, pretty, you know, good speech, I would say. You know, he was just... He was definitely trending upward, so it's not an accident that this is when they would try to, you know, take away some of that steam. So this is just Russiagate all over again. Yep. I mean, it's yep. just deja vu, right? Well, and I liked what you said, Stein. Is you know, it was right after CPAC. You know, I had I'm in contact with a lot of the leftist journalists that went and covered CPAC. I mean, if you could even call them journalists at this point, but they all said the exact same thing. Is you know, in their mind, it was terrifying to see Trump in the environment that he was in because he completely changed trajectories at CPAC than, you know, what he was usually doing. I mean, he's stronger. I'd, I'd argue, you know, 2016 Trump is back, but even stronger in, you know, a few different ways. I mean, he's smarter. He understands that, you know, the system isn't just going to fold around him. He can't just go in and drain the swamp. I mean, they are genuinely getting scared. And what I've been saying over and over again is, you know, the FBI raiding Trump two years as he's out of office, that's not a sign of strength. That's not a sign of, you know, a power trying to flex power on the American people. It's a sign of weakness. I mean, they're terrified about him running in 2024. They're terrified about what's going to happen in 2022, and they should be. Definitely. And I want to say this, this is the conspiracy tinfoil hat uh, 
portion of the show the that I always parts. bring on. Yeah, you know, I always <laughs> have to bring it on. It's, you know, I also think they're laying groundwork potentially to go after, and this could, you know, just be speculation, where they might have to go after Hunter Biden or they might have to mm -hmm. go after Joe Biden. And so they do it on Trump first. Uh, in order to say, hey, well, we're not, we're bipartisan. We did it to Trump too. So, you know, that could do, that's just pure speculation, but I wouldn't be surprised with all the illegal business dealings that Hunter has done with Burisma and Ukraine and the constant money. Somebody's going to raise the alarm. Mm -hmm. And I think this could be, be laying groundwork mm -hmm. for the idea that presidents are vulnerable to the FBI search. Well, I mean, and we all know that the FBI loves their good old honeypot. So, mm -hmm. I mean, what better way to do it than, uh, you know, they, they don't want Biden in office anymore. That's very obvious. You know, Americans are starting to wake up to the fact that we have a walking uh, medical patient that doesn't even know where he's at half the time. Yes. You know, they can't hold him until 2024. That's the reality of the situation. I, just I do the, agree with I just you. want the FBI to investigate one person on Jeffrey Epstein's flight log. One person. Well, they'd rather investigate me <laughs> yeah. and other people that were there on January 6th. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Well, I thought this was... Um, this was very telling, too, about where Trump's head is at. He said on Truth Social, the world is watching as our country is being brought to a new low, not only on our border, crime, economy, energy, national security, and so much more, but also with respect to our sacred elections. Release the documents now. Well, he released an amazing video. You know, I, I would definitely classify it. I mean, he basically said, you know, America is in the toilet. You know, we've, this is not the country that we grew up in anymore. This is not the country that we want to live in anymore and that we're only declining and that, you know, we're hostile. My favorite part of it is that we're hostile to liberty and freedom. And, you know, to hear that from a former president, it's like, OK, you know, people are starting to wake up. People yeah. are starting to see the fact that, you know, we do live in a totalitarian society. It's just a soft totalitarian society. You know, they they give you the nice little uh, sheath over your eyes of, oh, you can go out to eat wherever you want. You can go out and do these things. So you're still free. But in reality, you're being monitored by the NSA, the FBI, the CIA, all the above. I mean, we, this isn't real freedom. And he understands that. And now people are really starting to see that, too. Yeah, that comment was really sobering. All right. So we've got to go to break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about what Obama took when he <laughs> left the White House. It's very interesting. Stick with us. So last night, former President Trump posted a link to a New York Post article on True Social that Obama took some 30 million documents from the White House and he never got raided. Fascinating. The Post article says the Obama White House lawyers repeatedly invoked the Presidential Records Act to delay the release of thousands of pages of records from President Bill Clinton's White House. As according to Politico, at the end of his presidency, Barack Obama trucked 30 million pages of his administration's records to Chicago, promising to digitize them and eventually put them online, a move that outraged historians. People were really upset about that. But more than five years after Obama's presidency ended, the National Archives webpage revealed zero pages have been digitized and disclosed. So people can file a FOIA request to access those Obama records, but responses <laughs> from presidential libraries, those can be delayed for years, even more than a decade if the information is classified. 
All right. So is there anything that Americans can do about this blatant double standard when it comes to our intelligence agencies? No, I don't think so. And then uh, we failed to mention, too, when the Clintons, you know, left the White House after uh, Bush took over, I think they took the W's out of all the keyboards and Hillary took mm -hmm. a bunch of silverware, took a bunch of furniture. I mean, I know that's not as bad as classified documents, but these people like, you know, they're above the law. And uh, so it's not surprising that they would have these documents, and especially if it benefits them in some sort of leverage situation with information. So, no, I'm not surprised, and the double standard obviously exists 100%. Well, I mean, this happens almost in every single administration. They bring documents home, you know, it's not an unheard thing, but when Trump does it, that's when it's bad, you know. <laughs> I think, you know, have a little, little bit of fun here is, you know, they, the, the FBI sure did spend a lot of time in Melania's closet. You know, I don't know if it was for fashion tips or what, but I do think that the reason they probably didn't go and uh, seize it from, from Obama is because they didn't want to enter uh, Michael's closet. They didn't want to oh, see the surprise wow. that was waiting for him in there. So. <laughs> but, but I'm gone. Usually I'm yeah. the comedian. Good job. Cheers to that. Yeah. Well, you know, this really, it has taken an even more serious turn, too, because there was an armed suspect who tried to breach a secure area at the FBI field office in Ohio. He led the police on a chase and then exchanged gunfire with officers. He was shot and killed by those police after an hours-long standoff, according to the Ohio um, Highway State Patrol. So multiple reports have identified the suspect as Ricky Walter Schiffer. He was shot after he raised a gun toward police. He, he was upset about Trump's residence being raided. He had posted some things online that led people to, to believe that he was trying to sort of get a group together to, you know, everyone confront the FBI and, and sort of right the wrong that he feels like has been done. It's, this is a sad, it's a sad thing to happen that Americans feel so helpless that this is what they feel is their only option. Do you think we're going to see more attacks like this? Well, I mean, once again, you know, this guy, I don't know his backstory, and he's probably upset about January 6th. He's probably, I think he was a January 6th participant. I think mm -hmm. he's, you know, probably at one point loves our country, doesn't like the way it's going, but obviously going to the FBI with any sort of weapon is a lose-lose situation. So I'm not trying to defend it, but, you know, he could have been on alcohol, he could have been on drugs. So the idea, it's like one isolated incident represents, you know, how everybody's feeling. That's not fair. Mm -hmm. So, are, you know, is there is there a possibility where there's other people that are just so mad and they're so, they've lost so much trust with the government that they want to personally take it into their hands? I think that's possible there could be more of that, but I think that's just, uh, you know, few and far in between, in my opinion. No, I definitely have to agree with you for the most part there, Stein, is, you know, and like, you know, I obviously don't advocate for violence of any sort, yeah, whether no it's, way. you know, federal law enforcement, anything, but you have to expect these things to happen. When you have a government and you have institutions that have lied to you and lied to you and lied to you for so long, have drugged you along, has imprisoned Americans, has beaten Americans, has killed Americans, I mean, over time and time again, you're going to radicalize people, you know, and they push you into a corner until... Your, your breaking point, essentially. You know, I don't know much information about this guy, but, you know, me personally with, you know, what the FBI has done to me, what I've seen them do to friends, it's like, yeah, I understand why people go a little crazy and get pushed to the point of doing something terrible. It's not the person they are, at least in most cases, but it does happen. You probably will see incidents like this again. You know, as America gets more and more spicy and as the current events really start to deteriorate, you're going to have people that become radicalized on both sides. You know, whether it's on the left, the right, the middle, is people are going to go do crazy things. I don't advocate for it. Don't do it. Get some help. But it's going to happen. And, you know, right. it's always the same thing over and over again whenever it's the FBI involvement, whenever somebody lashes out at the FBI. It's in reaction to something the FBI does. That's criminal. 
So the FBI is allowed to commit crimes and then they're allowed to radicalize people. And when the, you know, this person becomes so radicalized to the point of actually doing something, thinking that they're going to help somebody or thinking they're going to, you know, become a pariah or a martyr to the movement, which you're not going to by doing something like this, then, you know, they get pushed in the corner by the FBI and then they do something and then they lose their life. I mean, it's really sad. And, you know, I, I would say the fault is on the FBI. The fault is on the government because we should be able to trust these institutions. You know, we're being radicalized for a reason, but don't go out. Don't go to the field office. Yeah. So right. you, you hear it from me first. Don't do these things. And but, it happens on both sides. You yeah, didn't make absolutely. That point. There's people that are radicalized on the left that go to the Supreme Court justice's house and, you know, want to attempt an assassination. So right. there's always going to be crazy cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs people. That's just society. Yeah. Some people just don't know how to handle that frustration. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, a lot a lot more people have been frustrated with something else the FBI yeah. has done this week. They've been delivering subpoenas to several Republican lawmakers. So they, they delivered these subpoenas or they paid visits to several House and Senate Republican offices in the Pennsylvania Capitol on Tuesday and Wednesday this week. At least some of the individuals receiving subpoenas were told they were not targets of an investigation, uh, according to at least six sources that were reached by PenLive. But That's they said they, they may <laughs> have literally some the information uh, of interest uh, to the FBI. So all, all the sources said they've been briefed on the investigative moves. OK, so the information that's being requested by these people, um, I guess, centers around U.S. Representative Scott Perry and the effort to seek alternative electors as part of former President Trump's efforts to remain in office after the 2020 election. So they, we talked about it on the show earlier this week, if you were watching, but Perry's cell phone was seized on Tuesday as part of the Justice Department's criminal investigation into the use of fake electors to try and overturn Biden's victory. All right. It just... It's frustrating. What do you think now that the FBI is now seizing Representative Perry's phone and then issuing subpoenas again two years later? Is this just, I mean, it's all about keeping him from being able to run again. Yeah, it feels like a, they, people call America now a banana republic, and it feels like that now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really don't know how other, I don't know another way to describe it when they're coming after our politicians after the fact because they fear them so much and they fear the information that they may have. So this is a form of intimidation to intimidate other you know, congressmen and other representatives. So I think this is just like a fear-based uh, motivation, in my opinion, to scare and do you think it'll work? I mean, do you think that people are finally starting to feel a little more emboldened to not cower and hide when the left starts to come after them? Oh, I definitely think so. Well, I think, you know, that the intimidation from the FBI only works to a certain extent is people, you know, on both sides are beginning to see it, say, okay, what is going on here? You know, it's been two years and they're still subpoenaing people. And then you have the people that cheer it on. You know, but what I liked what you said is, you know, they're not in any trouble. They're not under investigation, but they're being subpoenaed, you know, and in my experiences with the FBI and, you know, everyone else's I know that have had run ins with the FBI is they always open up with the line, you know, hey, this is agent blah, blah, blah from the FBI. Can I have a moment of your time? You're not in trouble. They always open up with that because then it kind of calms your nerves mm -hmm. a little bit. I mean, these are highly manipulative people. They're not issuing you a subpoena because they want to get to know you better. Right. They're issuing you a subpoena because you're under investigation mm -hmm. and they're trying to bring criminal charges towards you or to, towards someone that you're involved with, which in this case would be President Donald Trump. Oh, and I, I want to say this to the FBI agent that's watching this. I do love you. I know I've said some uh, mean things about you guys, but thank you so much for watching me so much. So the FBI agent that's 
watching this, I support you fully <laughs> in your investigation of me. I'll yeah. add a comment too, as well as like, can you guys at least send me my files so I can like <laughs> get a hold of the cool stuff you write about me and what I say? Because you know, I'm getting really tired of being monitored and being watched, and then not knowing, you know, the cool stuff that you guys are picking. What they're up. writing. Yeah. Yeah. I apologize. I love you too. Guys. I do yeah. apologize. I love you guys. As well. You guys are doing a great job. Keep go after Trump even more. <laughs> You're gonna get your file, and it'll be like Taylor ate cereal for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Every every drove, document drove log, yeah. every single time. Well, well, the best was there's a viral story that I think it was like Business Insider put out that said it'll damage your Macintosh, your Apple computer if you put a cover over your webcam. If you put a piece yeah, of tape over your webcam. webcam. <laughs> like, okay, it's like, and I, yeah, right sure this at the field office. Yeah. Yeah, so. We trust them. <laughs> All right, we come back. We're going to be talking about the CDC. They are finally easing up on our COVID restrictions. I wonder about the timing. It's perfect, isn't it? Mm. Stick around. We'll talk about that next. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Well, don't we love it when we hear from the CDC? <laughs> they have decided to sort of ease some of their COVID guidance finally two years later. The biggest differences in these new recommendations is the guidelines will no longer differenti differentiate people who are up to date on their vaccinations and those who are unvaccinated. The agency no longer recommends six feet social distancing nor quarantining after being exposed to the virus but not experiencing symptoms. And the agency will also remove several specific COVID-19 recommendations for schools like test to stay guidance that requires students exposed to the virus to continue to test negative if they wanted to remain in school. Uh, but the guidelines, they do keep some of the measures in place, including encouraging testing for people with symptoms and their close contacts. And they recommend that those who test positive should stay home for at least five days, wear a mask for 10 days. Uh, and the CDC did not call for a negative test before exiting isolation. And they, the contact tracing, that was always, you know, a, a kind of a big scary thing at the beginning. That should be limited to hospitals and certain high-risk group living situations such as nursing homes, according to the CDC. So why do you think the CDC chose to relax these COVID rules now? Any well, guesses? Well, uh, real quick, though, I want to make this point. I saw Taylor Lorenz, who's a terrible journalist, but she was complaining <laughs> about how they're, you know, becoming relaxed on these CDC guidelines. And that's another thing that I didn't realize during this pandemic, because a lot of people like the restrictions. Mm -hmm. I would have never thought that, you know, and it's not even necessarily like a conservative thing. There's just a group of people out there that I think they just they're they're miserable in their life and misery loves company and they want everybody's life to be ruined. So the idea that the pandemic is over or that they're easing guidelines, it's scaring people. And that response on the Internet is, to me, one of the most shocking things that are people are sad that we can get you know within six feet of each other and that you can go to school now and, and if you look at the standardized testing like sixth graders are reading like at a first grade level I think they realize that some of these uh, pandemic measures have really cost the youth of our nation in their you know maturation and their learning and mm -hmm. it's really it was a big mistake I mean as damaged kids 
forever. I mean, I don't think, you know, pandemic babies or all the people that were going to elementary school are probably ever going to recover from this because of how much, I mean, this just makes people socially awkward. You have a mask covering your face. You can't really read, you know, impressions. You can't read people's body language as well. I mean, we have absolutely screwed a complete generation of our children and of our future, because that's what our children are, completely up. But I mean, I really do think that probably easing up you know, restrictions because they love us, you know, they have our, they really do have our best <laughs> interests in mind. The CDC, you know, they just, they truly care about us from such a deep level and they know that we're tired of it. And they said, you know, let's just roll it back a little bit. So, you know, when we, when we institute the monkeypox lockdowns because people can't socially distance while they masturbate, there's actually a real, a real story that they came out with saying that the CDC, you know, recommends if you've had monkeypox that you should at least stay six feet away from each other when, uh, you know, engaging in masturbation. So, you know, they really do care about us. And um, no, it's election season. It's clearly election right. season. They need the votes. You know, let's let's get this just just get this out of here. They hate you. They hate your life. They want to shut no, your business down. They love it. As a guy that has five <laughs> Fauci ouchies, I just want to thank you, Dr. Fauci. And I know we're going to get to him, but he's the best. And the science is changing, guys. So, you know, it's just changing. Right. We've got to we've got to follow the science. Mm -hmm. And as it changes, we must change. We only socially distance from monkeypox. OK, that's it. Well, monkeypox. I'm glad you brought that up because we have a clip of Dr. Fauci talking about it. Close skin to skin contact occurs, obviously, in an intimate sexual encounter. But close skin-to-skin -skin contact could also occur under other circumstances that have nothing to do with sex. So right. we haven't seen an amount of that spilling over into the non-men who have sex with men population. <laughs> and hopefully it'll stay at a very, very low level that you can contain. But you always gotta take things like that seriously and keep an open mind that you might see more of that. You don't want to panic people because there's no need to be overly concerned now, but at the same time that you're not currently overly concerned, you should be currently very observant and currently very careful and currently. currently on top of what's going on and following it very carefully. All right, well, currently, <laughs> monkeypox is not considered an STD, but it is confusing a lot of people that it's not classified as an STD because it is mainly spreading among men who have sex with other men. Why are genital they, regions as right, well. Right, so why aren't they classifying it as an STD? Any guesses? Progressivism, socialism, I mean, uh, social justice. We do not want to label this uh, and, you know, basically demonize one group of people. So this is under the guise of social justice. That's why they mm -hmm. can't say it's an STD. And it would make people, uh, you know, less afraid of it. And as a person that's only had sex in the metaverse, I'm not afraid. <laughs> the, only, the only place I've ever had sex is in the metaverse, so I'm not going to get it there. Uh, but they have to make you feel like you can get it just, you know, passing somebody on the subway and rubbing shoulders with them. Well, I think this is uh, this was something that just came out. White people get the bigger share of monkeypox shots, according to Bloomberg News. So they're they're concerned about racial inequality when it comes to mon monkeypox vaccines. In major U.S. cities with outbreaks, white people are getting the majority. In Chicago, 55% of the vaccines have gone to white people. In Washington, D.C., 63.5% of vaccine recipients identified as white. And in the Atlanta metro area, where the overwhelming majority of cases have been among black people, at least 54% of the doses have gone to white people. So here in the U.S., which last Thursday we declared monkeypox a public health emergency, it's really the epicenter of the global outbreak now. So... Most of these cases, again, men who had sex with, so it's mainly white men, they're saying, that are, are getting these vaccines. They're having sex with men. <laughs> but it said at the end of July, black people made up 
26% of cases with known race and ethnicity information. Hispanic uh, people made up 32% of all cases. So they've, they've founded these clinics that are trying to target black and Hispanic communities. But we kind of saw the same Never seen that before. racial, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we saw the same racial equality set up with the COVID vaccines. If, if a minority group doesn't really want it, should we keep trying to push it on them? Oh, yes, yes. You should be forced to get it and you should have a vaccine mandate. Uh, you shouldn't be able to go travel without it. So, yeah, no, we definitely need it. The poorer you are, the more mandatory it should be. Oh, yeah, I think everyone. <laughs> I mean, it definitely needs to be mandatory all across the board, just like all nine of your COVID shots. I mean, this is probably what's going to save this country is getting your monkeypox vaccine. I really do believe in that. And I think it's incredibly brave for the people who post the pictures of their monkeypox diagnoses and that, so Andy No can blast it and kind of scar all of our eyes on Twitter. You know, it's uh, it's the whole reason they're not talking about this is because it's against the protected classes. You know, they've gone out of their way to basically pad the LGBTQ element of Pew, whatever you want to call them, community now is, you know, they're worried that this is going to become like an anti-gay thing, even though it's being spread throughout. I mean, basically just the gay community. I mean, I saw a story the other day of where, you know, two gay men uh, and their dogs were both diagnosed. And I was like, huh. How did, how, did, how did your dogs get monkeypox? You know, that's a little bit weird to me. Yeah. You know, how are you hugging? What they said is they were hugging their dogs. I said, I don't want to know what way you were hugging your dog in because that's a little bit weird to me. That but is, we, go, go get your monkeypox vaccine. And, and you said it, though, with the vaccine equity. I mean, it's basically the same as with the other vaccines. So it's really, you know, I know it's obviously the gay community is more vulnerable to monkeypox, so they have it more. But I think the racial breakdown is similar to that of the coronavirus vaccine. So I just think that's people that are more interested in going to get vaxxed than others. I mean, I would like for Dr. Fauci to elaborate on what other close skin to skin contact he's seeing that isn't intimate in nature. Like, well, what is it? Maybe because, fist fighting? Yeah, right, you know, right, fighting right, over if you're wrestling? fully vaxxed or not. You know, <laughs> right. Pick up basketball, Greco-Roman wrestling. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, and Dr. Fauci's a great athlete from you've seen from his first pitches that he just threw in Seattle and then he threw in and he's a very good athlete. And when you're playing basketball, you rub shoulders, you rub hips, you rub it do, all. Do you think Fauci has the monkeypox vaccine yet? Mm, I don't even think he has a coronavirus vaccine, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, no, he's triple boosted for the monkeypox vaccine. They haven't even announced boosters yet, but they'll come. I wasn't he's gonna, already got the boosters. I, I wasn't going to get it, but now I'm going to go get my dog the monkeypox vaccine. I'm too nervous. <laughs> can yeah. never be too careful. No. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about a Boston Children's Hospital that is really raising some eyebrows. I want you to listen to this video um, about a Boston Children's Hospital and what they are offering. Gender-affirming hysterectomy is very similar to most hysterectomies that occur. A hysterectomy itself is the removal of the uterus, the cervix, which is the opening of the uterus, and the fallopian tubes, which are attached to the sides of the uterus. Some gender-affirming hysterectomies will also include the removal of the ovaries, but that's technically a separate procedure called a bilateral oophorectomy. And not every gender-affirming hysterectomy includes that, and people who are getting gender-affirming hysterectomies do not have to have their ovaries removed. It's honestly very shocking, but it's becoming very commonplace, unfortunately. Do you think the doctors performing these gender-affirming hysterectomies should be held accountable? Mainly because we see so many 
children that go through puberty blockers or go through surgeries and then later in life say, I, I was confused, I didn't know who I was, or I, I wish that I had spent more time before making that decision, and now there's not really any way to go back. Yeah, I mean, it's a really tough situation when you're doing it on children. This is the Boston Children's Hospital, and just the fact that you're giving them, even the hormone therapy that, you know, stops your maturation of puberty that you can't ever get back. So for me, yeah, I mean, kids used to go through phases, and now their parents are getting, like, you know, Instagram likes and TikTok likes, and, you know, ABC is interviewing them because their kids are having experimental surgeries, basically, at an age where they're irreversible. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, there's nothing more that bothers me more than, you know, this topic, than the trans topic, because it's being shoved down children's throats. I mean, I genuinely am a firm believer that, you know, the doctors that are doing this, even under, you know, the guise of healthcare, because that's what this all is, is, oh, this is going to help you. No, it's going to ruin your life. You know, you're going to look back at this situation in a few years, and you're going to hate yourself. You're going to hate everything you did and what you stand for now, and it's going to lead to suicide. It's going to lead to complications. I mean, no one talks about the double mastectomy, uh, you know, the, the death rates from those or the infection rates from the actual surgeries from, or the hysterectomy, you know, uh, rates that, you know, people actually are dying from these things. People are, you know, this, the puberty blockers, every aspect of this trans ideology being shoved down kids' throats. It's like, you know, I, I'm not okay even with it being shoved down adults' throats because it's, it's a crazy concept that we're not meant to understand. This isn't meant to be happening here in America or anywhere in the world. It's transhumanism. But and then you're going to force it down a kid's throat that still believes in Santa Claus. And that's the question that I always ask parents that say they have trans kids is, okay, well, does your kid believe in Santa Claus? And they all say yes. It's like, okay, so you're going to shove this ideology and you're going to change someone's life forever. You're going to cut off their private parts. You're going to mutilate them because that's what this is, is genital mutilation. You know, we're not the Middle East, but apparently we've turned into that. And I think we're worse now is we're doing this to children that still believe in Santa. I mean, at their most impressionable age, we are changing a child's life forever something they can never get back they're all going to be infertile i mean you're destroying the future population of this country i think this is probably the worst crime against humanity that someone can actually carry out especially the doctors because they all know what they're doing well and i think you guys have both uh, brought up great points about it and i i think what you said about suicide rates because we hear that as a reason for parents wanting to do these things and get this gender affirming care for their kids because they're worried if they don't they might commit suicide <laughs> later but you brought up a great point that a lot of people who do go through these puberty blockers and go through these hysterectomies and things like this end up suicidal later on in life because yep. they realize something's well, happened we're, we're born can't. the way we are right. that's that's the reality of it we're not meant to transition genders or to transition sexes our, our body, just the chemistry and the way that we work, you are literally killing yourself. I mean, a lot of these kids, if you, you know, get cut off from your medication for a few months, say, you know, a really bad crisis in America happens. These kids, are, a lot of them are literally going to die. They're going to deteriorate because they don't have the testosterone. They don't have the estrogen they need, depending on which way they're transitioning. I mean, you are literally committing the mass murder at this point of our, of our youth in this country. And there's no way to defend it. And, and, and I want to make this point, too. You know, if they talk about, you know, trying to reduce suicide, suicides are up at a record amount. So nothing's working. So, you know, if we're going to continue to do the same thing over and over and expect different results, that's the definition of insanity. And that's mm -hmm. the current reality we live in. Well, if they're so concerned about reducing suicide rates, maybe they shouldn't lock little children down in, in classrooms and tell them that they can't associate with each other and have to wear masks. Because we've seen the rate of suicide just spike right. at a rate we've never seen before. But it's never about suicide. I mean, I mean, it's just like the abortion industry. It's the under 1% is they always, all their arguments come from fallacies and it comes from straight up lies. They're manufactured. And, you know, it's always this way throughout the left's arguments. Well, while we're talking about insanity, <laughs> 
NPR tweeted this. Governor Ron DeSantis set a new Florida license plate featuring the Revolutionary War era Gadsden flag sends a clear message of out-of-state cars. They're saying it symbolizes a dangerous far-right extremist ideology. <laughs> the imagery of the Revolutionary War era Gazden flag dates to Benjamin Franklin, but has for many come to symbolize a far-right extremist ideology and the Stop the Steal movement that sought to overturn the 2020 presidential election results. The state can't claim a lack of knowledge about what this image represents to most of the public, says Rachel Carol Rivas, Deputy Director of Research and Analysis for the Intelligence Project at the Southern Poverty Law Center. Okay, so... They went on to say that Benjamin Franklin was the first to use the rattlesnake as the symbol of defiance against the British crown. And now apparently it it means something else. So how how is the media now likening the revolutionary war era symbol to far right extremism? I mean, do you feel like these are such a reach? I mean, they're looking for every symbol to mean something that it was never intended to mean. Well, it's not even that big of a reach because these people, like they said, the Betsy Ross flag is, you know, that the FBI had a, mm -hmm. you know, list of basically every American, uh, Americana flag is, you know, considered a hate symbol. Now, even the American flag to some people is considered a hate symbol. So if we've gone that far with the American flag to some people, it's like, oh man, they're a right wing, you know, lunatic. That's where we're at. Now, if it was like Pepe the Frog or it was, you know, something like that on all these plate, maybe I could say, oh, that's why it's not that Pepe the Frog is, but these are American, um, you know, symbols that we've had since the Revolutionary War. That's not white supremacy, but they want to make everything white supremacy. And the same people that say this, like Don Lamont is married to a white guy, Lori Lightfoot, who will not, <laughs> the mayor of Chicago, will not do interviews with white people. She's married to a white woman. So these people that hate white supremacy are all married to white people. It's kind of ironic. I'm glad you brought that FBI document up because it was recently released. I think it was actually FOIA'd by Judicial Watch, if I'm if I'm right on that. And it you know lists like the Betty Ross flag. It lists the Gatson flag as you know an extremism flag or early signs to figure out who the terrorists are going to be. That's essentially what this sheet is for. And I found out you know I'm reading through this and it was like oh you know I have one of these flags flying at my house. Oh I have this. I have this. Oh I have this. And then I go up to the top right of the document and it's the martyr section. Is if you follow you know certain people and you advocate for certain people that are considered martyrs, you're considered a domestic extremist. And I look right there and it says. Ashley Babbitt and I go oh it just all made sense now it was like because I'm on a terrorist watch list if, if you weren't aware um, it's super fun super great stuff but that's why I'm on it is because they released this new document it's their extremism guidelines basically and I've advocated for Ashley Babbitt for justice for Ashley Babbitt I named the shooter and now you know I'm a terrorist according to the FBI so the FBI just as usual you know being great really just feeding all these talking points to the media because that's really what happens is the intelligence agencies, they're all involved in all of this and then they slowly skirt it out to the media and then the media repeats their talking points, which we all know is a bunch of baloney. And I want to say this, on that list, you know, there's no Antifa flag, no BLM mm -hmm. flag, you know, nothing, you know, really sketchy. It's all like basically Americana, you know, his historic American symbolism. Yeah, because 2020... That wasn't extremism. Right. None of that. That was this, peaceful. That it was, was a peaceful summer of protesting love, man. Team. I mean, the 12 plus deaths that happened, you know, Officer David Dorn, we can just ignore all that. Mm -hmm. $3 billion in property right. damage, the inauguration riot, man, that was just love. No extremism. Right. Well, I just, I want to say thank you for calling it baloney. We haven't had to use the swear jar one time. I know, good. Not one time today. Hey, okay. <laughs> I got us. All right, we have to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about monkeypox again, but we're going to be talking about the actual monkeys. Stay with us.
will say bologna is not my first first choice of I know, but I love it. That was great. The WHO is now warning people not to attack monkeys while we're in the middle of this monkeypox outbreak. This is actually very sad. The transmission we're seeing is happening between humans. It's not coming from monkeys. So at least 10 monkeys in Brazil, though, were rescued, showing signs of intoxication or having been harmed, according to Brazilian news. Seven of them died. The others were being monitored at a, at a zoo. <sighs> Gosh, is this really who the WHO should be warning about monkeypox, telling people not to attack the monkeys? First of all, RIP those monkeys. That yeah. bummed me out. It's awful. Well, I'm an animal lover. Uh, yeah, I, I, it makes me actually sick and sad to see any animals uh, killed, yes. you know. But uh, these monkeys, I mean, give them a break. But that's where we're at. You know, we kind of talked about it earlier. People aren't very smart. So they see monkeypox, they think, oh, the no. monkey bad. So. Should we rename it something else? Something else Maybe, pox? Maybe where it came from. That would be a little bit of a, uh, a different name. I mean, where would we even go with that? Mm. Let's not. <laughs> let's not. We did a whole episode without. I know we made it through the really whole good. show. Being no, but it, it, we just changed just change monkeypox. It was chickenpox. You know, I don't think people went after chicken, so maybe just like uh, humanpox, maybe. Yeah. Right. Just, just call it pox. Just drop just the, the pox. You got the pox. Yeah. Yeah, we'll call it Tupac. No one can attack Tupac unless they fly to Cuba, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so we've renamed it. We've officially renamed it the, the Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if people want to know more about you, follow you, where should they go, Alex? Twitter, AlexStein99, Instagram, Primetime Stein, or YouTube, Alex Stein. Please follow me. I really appreciate it. All right, Taylor, what about you? Taylor USA, it's T A Y L E R USA, and that's on Twitter, and then Instagram is USA Taylor. Awesome. Well, thank you guys both for being Great here. Great week, A Hillary. lot of fun. Woo! Thanks for putting Good up with job. me all week. I appreciate that. Sarah will be back on Monday. I know she's looking forward to getting back into the news with you guys, but thanks for hanging in with us this week. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you back here again on Monday. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.